All right, here we go. Red Dolphin Podcast listeners, welcome to episode 31, where I'm here with the one and only J.P. Schleter. Uh, we uh, get into some great conversation, philosophical stuff. I mean, really everything under the sun, man. It, it's right. been great, and appreciate you coming on, and we got some good stuff in today's episode. Yeah, man. So. Thanks for having me. Uh, always. But, uh, dude, so funny story. I want to go ahead and get into this. Uh, J.P., we were at the bar, and we Gosh. were just chilling, <laughs> and... He, he looks over at the balcony at the second story, and he sees this girl just up there. Beautiful girl. <laughs> Beautiful girl. You know, he starts risen from the lower level. <laughs> he takes out his phone, and he's, like, trying to hand signal numbers to her and everything. And he gets... Which, well, it went poorly. I got the wrong number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the word. <laughs> I don't know how I missed it. You're in the process of getting the number. Facts. And then you get her to come down and correct it. Yeah, well, I didn't get her to come down. I just, I had, I had the, the number that I thought was correct, and I started texting it, and I sent the text. I was like, all right, here we go. This night's going to get interesting, and then no response. Like, okay, whatever. I'm just bullying with the boys, and, uh, and then someone taps my shoulder, and it's, it's, the, it's the girl, so we won. We won. Yeah, man. Shoot or shoot. Nice. Took, her, took her on a nice date? Tell took her on know. a nice date. Well, it was, gosh, this date, it was weird. It was really weird. We went to uh, went to a nice coffee shop that I like uh, taking people and. Um, it's, it's, so it's a normal spot for you. It's not. It's a just... normal spot for me, but it's a nice spot. It's a nice spot. <laughs> you um, gotta have those places. And man. yeah, you gotta have the ones at the back of your hand. You just hope that like someone that you've taken in the past isn't there again. And um, <laughs> and great coffee, and then you know conversation was going really well, and she wanted to keep hanging out and usually I'm the type of guy like one hour rule right like yeah one hour always keep it quick but for me part of it was like conversation went really well but like this girl we're so different in terms of like our directions in life and like the things that we value and all of that stuff and so um, I was like all right this isn't actually gonna work out so for me then the one hour rule is gone for me I'm like all right this is kind of just funny let's see let's see (laughs) let's see where this goes yeah so uh so she's like, let's get ice cream. So, you know. What did she recommend to get ice cream? Yeah. What, t- like, what time of day is this? Oh, this is, we met up around 3 p.m. for coffee, so it probably would have been around 4. Okay. So grab some ice cream. We're walking and talking. Now, we took her car to get ice cream. Oh, you, you trusted I, her I went, I went. Yes, I trusted <laughs> this girl to drive me to ice cream. We go to ice cream and uh, go to Jenny's. Great I, spot. I haven't been. Bro. Okay, well, okay, so we're both from Ohio, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, um, Graders. Graders? Uh, you had Graders ice cream. I've, I've had Graders. I've also, have you had Tops before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, Tops, oh, yeah. Tops is like my so top, so top Ohio ice cream Doesn't place. beat Graders for me, but, Oh, you know, come on, man. Some memories. My grandma would always take me to Graders, so. Um, but anyway, we're at Jenny's, which isn't nearly as good as Graders. Um, but we're walking, we're talking, gets that time of day, I'm like, yo, like, I got to get back. Um, I was kind of bored with the conversation at this point, you know, and, uh, and so she's like, okay. So we get in her car. She's going to drive me back to my car. Before I know it, she's hopping on, like, the highway, and we're headed toward Houston, what? which is not where my car is <laughs> yeah. at all. And uh, 
So she kidnapped me. Um, and, <laughs> and you got to give her crap for that. And I, you're like, hey, oh, what yeah. are you doing? Oh, yeah. So, so like, we're just talking. She's like, well, like, you could get out here if you want. I'm like, take me back to my car. Um, <laughs> Where's she planning on taking you? I don't know, bro. But we went on a, we went on a car ride. I had a great conversation. And then... Um, well, was it a conversation car ride? Or was it like a little bit of a jam fest? Like, you know, it was you, a jam fest. Olivia Rodrigo was blasting. Okay. Wait, wait yeah. like the whole album or just like good like, for you? All of it. Okay. Some songs on repeat. She didn't like Good For You, which to me was a red flag. Yeah, that's a little... Um, I told you the values didn't align. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were... And then the thing was, it was like, you know, at this point, five something. I hadn't really eaten much all day. It's going to be a gentleman. So I was like, hey, like let's, let's grab some dinner. Like, what do you oh, like? Oh, dang, man. She, you went well past and, your hour rule. She, like, she, she was like, I love sushi. I was like, of course she likes sushi. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah, I was ready for her to say, like, I really like steak. I really like, like, let's go to the best steakhouse. No. So um, we went to a uh, sushi place up at the Domain. Um, a lot of cool restaurants there. Yeah, and yet to yet to go up to the domain and try anything. You haven't been there yet. No, I, I keep hearing good things about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool spot. Okay, really cool spot. And at some point, like right by the domain, is the uh, Q2. It's the stadium for um, uh, the Austin soccer team. Okay, whatever their right. whatever their name is, I'm still too new. <laughs> too yeah, yeah, new yeah. But anyway, get sushi and then ended up. She took me back to the car and I was like, I like, hey, it's been fun. Like, <laughs> was it fun? Was the sushi good? Or sushi was good. I love sushi. Um, but yeah, I mean, we still we still talk sometimes. Like nothing nothing serious. Right. But, um, what's that? Uh, it's just always a good thing when like you're with a girl. Yeah. And like. Like, you know, you form relationships and not even like at a, at a, you know, I like you, but just like right. being in good terms with somebody is like never a bad thing. No, you know it's what not. I'm it's especially, I mean, when you're, I think in your young adult life, right, you graduate college, you're in the, you're in the work, right? Constantly. So like, if you want to be a high achiever, that requires a lot of work in your twenties. And, um, so, you know, you're working 12, 13, 14 hour days, very often you're working weekends and, um, it's like I genuinely think like guys need to be around other guys, but guys also need to be around other girls. Mm. And so, um, you know, you need to be around guys for competition. Like that's so important. Um, like I really do think that you are who you spend like your time with. Right. And so like your environment kind of determines that uh, and you need to place yourself in a high competitive environment. But at the same time, in order to kind of just develop the side, like the side of your humanity that's like, you know, knows how to care for other people, knows, like you can do that with guys, but it's, it's also different for girls. Oh, it's like, completely you know? um, different. Man. And like, like at some day, like some, some point in my life, I want to be a good husband. And so I need to get to know, I need to get to uh, be taking random girls from bars <laughs> on long drives. Yeah. yeah. Or, or she takes you on the long drive. Let myself drive. get yeah. kidnapped by them occasionally. So. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good date. It was, uh, first, second date, second date that I've been on, uh, when I've been in Austin since I moved. Okay. So. Have you had any more since with anybody else or not since I almost did. Um, and then it's a coworker. Oh, and then <laughs> I got promoted. Oh, and nice. So Congrats. Now I'm her like technically boss on the team <laughs> and so i was like we're not yeah <laughs> we're not going on a date yeah but smart smart man yeah yeah i had to do it like that but have, have you 
Have you gone on any dates? No, so I have a girlfriend back home. Okay. And that's that's how I knew you were nice. a good guy when I met you. So that's right. Uh, we were we were at the bar. I think it it was when Alabama was playing Texas, right? Yeah, that's right. And so uh, I, you know, I'm new here. It, it was like my first couple weeks, and so you know, I was just trying to meet some people or whatever. And before I talked to you, there was a there was a dude who was like I was hanging out with. And he's like, hey, let's go talk to these girls. I'm like, nah, man, like, I got a got girlfriend. A girl. And he was just like, oh, dude, come on. She's not here. And I'm like, mm. bro. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, like, one of the big things, like, moving to Austin and, like, meeting people, at least from my perspective, has yeah. been, like, there's so many people in the same shoes as you. You can be selective as all, yep. like, to go out. And then I went up to you. You're like, hey, let's go talk to these girls. I'm like, hey, bro, I got a girlfriend. You're like... I respect that, man. And I was like, Dap that's a up. good guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if you're in, you're in. That's the yeah. thing. Is like, it's, it's funny. I was super grateful because so I went to a, um, a smaller college, Hillsdale College. Um, oh, they're they're prestigious in, too. Yeah. So they, um, yeah, small school, uh, Christian school. The Chargers, right? They, yeah, bro. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers, you know, D2. Yeah. D2. yeah. Um, so... Anyway, I went there, and one of the greatest gifts from there was actually how small it was because it held you accountable, you know? Mm. Um, like, you go to a massive school. It's like, you can kind of do what you want yeah. in a lot of ways. Like, if, if you're in this place of, like, forming your character, it's like you need accountability. And if you're in an environment that doesn't really facilitate that, it's, it's so much easier to just fall short. Like, again exactly. and again and again. So, like, I was really grateful because I've, I could get a little crazy and I'm like going to a place like Hillsdale is like, nah, you know every single person and you respect the people around you and you want them to respect you. And so you're not really gonna be messing around. Um, and so it's been interesting now being in a bigger city and you can kind of like see that. Like you talk to different people and like you say like, oh, she's not around. Like she'll never know, she'll never. And it's like, I don't know. You, you're gonna know yeah exactly you know? do you want to do you want to lead your life like that exactly you know? exactly but that's where it, like again i think it's it's just it's so important like who are the people that you spend your time around because like you know you put you if you keep putting yourself in situations where it's people saying like oh go do this go do that like who's gonna know who really cares that that like chips away, it, like and you can't help. It's it, the know? first thing that came to my mind. Was yeah, just like you know, then then when do you draw the line in the sand? You're like, okay, no more. Mm-hmm. And then you look back and look what you've already become or what you've right. already done. Right. So it's real, but um, yeah, man, it was fun meeting you that night. That was that was wild. It's always you can always tell when someone's from Ohio. <laughs> you can always Dude, tell when someone's from facts, Ohio. Man. It's like, all right, I know this guy grew up shucking corn. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I know that this Beyond guy hay. went to Walmart for fun. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and so the energy's different. The energy's it, it, it is different, and like uh, you know the Ohio memes going around and everything, like. <laughs> I've not met anybody from Ohio yet that shies away from that. When nope. like somebody brings up the Ohio memes, I'm like, yeah, man, we got Cedar Point and Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, like, yeah. what do you have? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I, I would always see the, like, Ohio taking over the world yeah. memes or whatever. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, we, we are. We are. You guys don't know it yet, but we are. Right? Like so. the, uh, the meme of the astronauts on the moon, and mm-hmm. they look down at the earth, and it's just That's Ohio. One. It's yep. like, it's all really Ohio. And he's like, it's always been. True. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, it's fun. So did you live in Ohio your whole life? Yeah, man. So grew up, raised Knox County, and okay. pretty much just stayed there. Like, oh. I mean, other than college, going off to Illinois, mm-hmm. 
to all about Nazarene, like Ohio stomping grounds all the way around. And right. you were you were from Toledo, Toledo right? Toledo, Ohio, yeah. Yeah, what, what school was that again? Saint. So there's St. John's right by where I was from. I was homeschooled. Really? For a long time. Yeah, can't you tell? <laughs> um, no, <homeschooled. laughs> I, guess, I guess you got the good end of the homeschool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was grateful because my parents they did not want to homeschool us like at all. Um, so I was born in Erie, Pennsylvania. All right. Um, Snowboat. And yeah. So, um, my older sister, I come from a big family. So six kids and oldest sister, she, she would have been in first grade and was just like bullied like crazy. And, um, there were, it was a Catholic school and, they, that was when nuns were still teaching. Like a bunch of nuns were teaching. Like I'm talking old like, school nuns. Like, like yeah, yeah. Like we're in the the habit. Like all okay, of that. I wasn't and, sure um, what it was called. Yeah, and uh, like you know, hitting people with rulers no and all that jazz. Way. And so, so my sister, my sister got the pain a little bit. Oh, and um, in first grade, first grade, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, she say a word wrong, like bam, <laughs> like you're gone. Um, Get them grades up. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, yeah, so my parents, they were like, all right, we don't really, because my family's Catholic, they're like, we don't want our children to have this understanding of the faith. Like, we want to kind of protect that. And so they started out with, you know, homeschooling my sister. And then they liked it a lot. They thought that they'd hate it. Um, did so, Was it your mom primarily, primarily doing the homeschooling? Yeah, my mom dad? was mostly doing it. My dad would do some stuff. We just called him the principal. You know, we'd get in trouble. <laughs> we'd have to go to the office. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, yeah. Um, so my whole family, we were all homeschooled. I hated it. I detested it for the longest time until I hit high school. And then I was like, okay, it'd be nice to still be at, like, to go out with friends and stuff. Then I was like, wait, like, I can still do that. I can still play sports. I can still, like, I can also have a job. Um, and so, like, I can read what I want to read. I can focus on what I want to focus on. And so, like, that time in high school as a homeschooler, like, it had its downsides for sure. But, like, that's what set me up to go to a good school um, in college, to be able to have the money to pay for it myself. Um, and then like really set some, you know, some stones in place for developing my character to then like be able to get a good job post-college. So like, you know, it all worked out. I'm grateful for it. Um, yeah, I think my parents made the right decision for us. So yeah, so Toledo, Ohio, there were a bunch of, um, a bunch of like all boys Catholic schools near us that I, that I wanted to go to. So St. John's Jesuit was one of them. Okay. Um, but did you ever have any, like, thoughts and feelings? Like, you said for a little bit, you mm-hmm. kind of, like, maybe it sounded like you were a little resentful towards yeah. it. What, what was, like, something that you felt like you were missing out on? Gosh. Um, girls, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, how, how would you talk to your girl? Yeah, okay, well, so, so <laughs> my older brother and I had the Christian Riz. You know? <laughs> like, carrying the, ch- the, so, like, the chairs carrying after the chairs. chairs. We'd yeah. go to youth group. We'd be the strongest chair-carrying boys there made sure of that um but actually our um the church that we were going to didn't really have a youth group and so my older brother and i were like fuck it like, let's <laughs> let's start our own no um, how old so were you guys when you did this? we were um we would have been i was a freshman in high school he would have been a sophomore in high school okay and so we we're like let's just start our own like it's pretty simple you have a bible you read it together you pray with it and then like you get together and talk about it yeah and it was kind of cool because 
there were nights when we would have about 50 other high schoolers from like the area gathered in our basement. How the hell did you like, guys go about getting well, 50? So we, something that my parents were pretty good about was like, they knew that one of the common flaws in homeschooling was like, you know, you isolate yourself from everyone and it just ruins like social development. So they were always like, get out, get out, get out. So we played sports, um, worked at Chick-fil-A, Oh, yeah? We no, you, that does uh, not put, <laughs> I don't put that past you one day, um, man. So we did that. Yeah. My older brother was very involved with, like, musicals and plays and stuff at the all-girls Catholic school. Oh, so dude. He, he, he put himself... He knew what he was getting into. <laughs> um, and uh, so, and then, like, you he know, put, I did one of them as well. And so, you know, you get you, to know did people. Did you play Peter Pan or what? No, he... So, my older brother was a showboat. Like, he was... Because he, he's musical. Yeah. Um, like, he could play... Could play guitar, piano, ukulele. Like put put an instrument in front of him, he'll, he'll play it. And so you have all of these um, these high school girls that are just like swooning over him. Right. Like just he, he can play the guitar. He yeah, can act. Yeah, he can everything. Yeah. And so um, yeah. So the draw was was my brother. <laughs> so growing up, that was always that was actually so hard, right? Because it'd be like you know I'd like one girl, and it's like nah, she she likes the yeah, bro. yeah. She likes the bro. <laughs> there was this one time when um, it was after one of the youth groups, and my brother wasn't around, so I was leading it. And uh, this one girl, she was like JP, like let's go on a drive. It's always it's always cars, man. It's always yeah, me no, going yeah, in cars. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so I was like, okay, like cool. I had this huge crush on her. And we're in the car. I buy her Chick-fil-A, right? Mm -hmm. like, so it wasn't a discount, Sunday, right? Like, yeah, it wasn't a Sunday. It was Saturday. Saturday night. <clears throat> we're, we're driving around. And she proceeds to tell me about how much she loves my brother. Oh, and, and so I'm just I'm like, dude. get that Chick-fil-A out of your mouth, girl. <laughs> like, you're not eating that. I paid for that. She was um, trying to get you. Yeah, she, she, was, she was. So that was the place that I was in a lot, was like being the mediator between all of these girls and really? my brother. So, um, but yeah, so it was from like those different activities and stuff that we were doing in those schools. We'd bring them, we'd bring them together. Um, and so, yeah, there was that sort of, I, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of girls, a lot of guys, like people are attracted to, uh, people that just do things. Yes. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. like they see, they see a lack somewhere and then they're like, all right, I'm going to fill it, right? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to do something to, like, fill this need. And um, in high school, like, that was pretty easy because everyone is, you know, everyone likes gathering with friends, but a lot of people will just, like, you know, they'll find their two or three friends. No one's really thinking, how can I get 50, 60, 70 people together to essentially hang out, right? right. Like, and so my older brother and I were like, let's do that. Like, let's just, let's make it happen. And, um, and so for a lot of girls that were coming, it was like, that, that was the Riz. That was the Christian Riz was <laughs> yeah. bringing them in that way. Um, but I mean, even like you, you translate that to today, not the Riz part, but, um, I, I think that it's never been so easy, like ever to be successful. Um, it's been something I've been thinking a lot about is like the, the bar is so low. Like, your average person coming out of college, like, they're coming out with a ton of debt, no plan to get out of it, taking whatever job they can find, working the bare minimum hours. Um, most guys can't even look other guys in the eye, can't shake a hand, right. can't communicate. And you literally just have to be a nice dude that, like, 
shows up first in the office, leaves last. Like that's not that difficult. <laughs> um, and like, it's amazing. It's amazing how easy it is to just like, you know, to just grow professionally. Um, so it's all about doing, you know? Yeah. And I think it's so weird because the way I envision everything, like being 20 years old, mm -hmm. is just, everything's a filter. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you take all the people who have, you know, the piece of paper, they went to college, they did it. Right. Then you have to take people that have a baseline of understanding of like, you know, how to talk to somebody, you know, can you go out of your way? Can you make a conversation with somebody right. like at Starbucks right. randomly, right. like all this kind of stuff? Do you have good hygiene, all this stuff? Mm -hmm. And then like, end end of be all at the end of the day, we're, we're 20 something years old. Like yep. none of us have it all figured out. Right. And anybody who pretends to have it all figured out, it's just, You're from wrong. my experience, yeah. it's annoying, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. because people weed out, mm -hmm. like who, who's, who's going to be doing the same things when we're 20 when, when they're 30, you know, right, like, right. are you living a fulfilling life to where that won't be the case? Mm. So just kind of like understanding, like, like it, it's a long game, man. You got to right. have fun with it right. and right. In, enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely. Everything. It's one of the things I, I got into a, uh, a conversation with my dad. He wasn't too happy about my response, but he was asking me like, okay, like looking like now that you've graduated from college, like looking back, what would you have done differently like would you have like not drank would you have not like and I was like no I actually probably would have I would have had more to drink <laughs> I would have cared about academics less like all of this and that's not to say like just throw that stuff to the side but it's to say I, I think people try to get away from the season of life that they're in too often mm. you know like where like when you're in high school be a high schooler you know when you're in college be a college kid um, like there are decisions that you can make that can screw up the rest of your life. Don't make those ones. <laughs> yeah. But like in general, like, you know, when I think it's important to ask yourself and I try to ask myself this pretty often is like, what am I supposed to do today as JP who's 22 years old living in Austin, Texas? Like, what does that mean? You know? Um, because it's really easy to listen to your podcasts and kind of be like, oh, man, like this guy's got everything figured out. He's telling me I need this morning routine. I need to like I need to eat these foods, stay away from these foods. Like there's so much information. And at the end of the day, like the best information that you can get in your life is experience, you mm. know. And so it's like, how can I just experience life most fully given the circumstances around me, given the season that I'm in? Like, how can I, how can I experience that best? Um, and yeah, man, I totally, you can, you can tell when there's that person that's like pretending to be another 10 or 20 years older than they are, right? you know? And it's like, nah, like cut that out. <laughs> we don't want that. Uh, yeah. it's, it's funny you mentioned that I had a buddy I was on the phone with mm. and he, he was talking about, he had observed two people at a restaurant, you know, kind of like a mentor mentee, mm. uh, relationship. And the one guy was like in his twenties, the other guy, maybe 40 or something. And he said he was overhearing it and he was just listening to this guy, try, try to make it sound like he was not like everybody else and had it figured out and just like saying the things that you're supposed to say. Cause Come dude, on, bro. <laughs> it, it's so easy just to say what you're supposed to do and right. act like you live it, but like right. doing it something different, but like anytime and dude, who knows? I, I could be blind to so many mm -hmm. things right now, but anytime right. like, if somebody's going to take the time to talk with you and, and, and learn, mm -hmm. like I'm going to act like I know nothing, man, mm -hmm. you know? Cause <laughs> bro, right. 20 years old, like experience, right. you, you're not going to, you're not going to get that if, if you're just not going to be real with the people that you're trying to learn from. Right. 
you know, but no, for sure. What, what brought you down to, to Austin? So work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, gosh, I did not plan on coming down to Austin until about January or February of this year. And I came down in May. So, um, yeah, I was planning on going to law school and ended up getting a call from a guy who now employs me. And he was like, look, man, I, you have like the world's your oyster when you graduate. Um, and he was saying you could go to law school and you could sit in a classroom another three years and learn a lot. Um, or you could come down to Austin and trust that I respect you enough that I want to, he said, I want to steward your career. Mm. Um, and when he said steward, I was like, shit, like, <laughs> he, <laughs> kinda, he gets it. I was like, he gets it, it right? Yeah, yeah, I was like, he gets it. Um, and he was like, I want to, he's like, I want to give you an opportunity where you're going to be forced to adapt a lot because you're going to be challenged a lot and nothing's going to be easy. And um, he's like, I'm not going to sugarcoat like anything to you and I'm not going to give you like, um, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw you in the weeds, um, and you're going to be drinking from a fire hose. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, let's go. Like, yeah. this is, this is it. I was like, law school can't give me that. Um, and so ended up accepting the job, moved down here and, um, yeah, man, it was, it was really good. And kind of like back to what you were saying about like just choosing to listen because you know that there's, you know, you're able to learn from others. That was the case for, it's only been in the past month where I've realized, okay, like I kind of know the business a little bit enough to start talking about it if I'm in a meeting. Um, But for months it was not, don't say a word, right? Like the people around me, they've been in this business for, you know, eight, nine, 10, 15, 20 years and they know what's up and I don't. And so it's like, it was kind of cool just sitting in those meetings and just like listening and constantly listening. And like, that's one of the things that's, so what I really like about my job is that it's, it's for the most part all in person. And that's something that you don't get with remote work is being able to just like hear other people's conversations, which is so important for learning. Yeah. Like if I, if this work was remote, I wouldn't know half of what I know now because half of what I know now comes from I'm overhearing a meeting someone's having on the phone mm. and I hear someone say something and I'm like, I don't know what that means or I don't know why that's important. And then you look it up and you're like, it kind of oh. gets the gears turning in your yeah. brain of like yeah. an, an experience that you wouldn't have had an opportunity yep. unless you were right there. No, exactly. It. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, it's been cool. Austin's a cool city, man. Um, I being so homeschooled most of my life and then went to school at a very small school in the middle of nowhere, Michigan and uh hillsdale baby yeah hillsdale (laughs) bro um so like being in a big city for the first time like i had internships in different places like dc or like i've been in nashville a couple times been in la a couple times but um like living in a city like austin it's cool it's it's hard to find a good community and that was like that's been the biggest challenge of being in a big place is you know it's out there Right. But it's hard to find it. Um, and, but it's like, my favorite thing about Austin is it's a, it's a city that's clearly built for people to be outside. And like, you know, you see everyone's like walking, biking, running, paddleboarding, like working out like all the time. Like it's a very healthy city. Yes. And um, like being 
in that type of environment, it's like, you know, in no other place would I be like, oh, I actually, I want to get up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning to go run the 10-mile loop. <laughs> around, uh, the like, around the yeah, lake. Yeah. Like, but in Austin, you do, because you're like, it's, it's awesome. It's part of the experience. So, um, yeah, it's good. Have you, have you, being in Austin now, what's been your favorite been your favorite thing about the city dude honestly when when you walk down any like street or anything mm-hmm. there's always like some sort of group doing something yeah so it's just kind of like seeing everything like front and center mm. and then kind of like maybe indulge in something a little bit like uh the other day i th- these people were doing slack slack aligning oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah is this on the river yeah, yeah, okay, just, I know. I know the spot that I paddleboard by there all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you so know, cool. it, people that I would have never thought I would have just spent and talked to and learned from, mm-hmm. like they just invested like thirty, forty-five minutes trying to teach me how to do this stuff. It's wild. So, so like, you yeah, did it. Yeah, I tried Dude. to, man. It's difficult because, yeah. like, you know, every any anything that has to do with body movements. If you're a male, you mm-hmm. automatically think, oh, I'm going to kill this, right? Yep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get up there and it's just like, bro, I'm not the cream of the crop on this. It's just like right. one of those other humbling experiences that you have. Mm. And, uh, you know, understand like, you know, work it just right. comes down to doing work. And right. no, I'm, I'm not saying I'd go back every weekend and try slacklining at all. Right. But it's definitely right. cool to like get in that experience. position yeah, yeah and, and, and feel that. But you know, comedy's mm. big down here. Right. You get a lot of comedy people. I haven't yet. I really? have not gone out. No, not for that. There's some uh there's some good shows, but one thing that and I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this. There was this dude at at the bar and he was mm. just going up to random people and like <laughs> the first thing that come out of his mouth would be like, Hey, you wanna come to my comedy show? It's like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> like, you know, like Is it okay, so like he, he had a show or is he just like Improv, like he had, like it was an open mic night, and he was like, "Hey, I want people here." What was the? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, it was his his premise was, I I host a show in my backyard, wow, and you should come to it. I'm like, dude, (laughs) like, I guess you never want to like. So somebody who's actually doing it, Mm. you never want to be like, oh, that's terrible, right? Mm. But just like him coming up and that being the first thing out of his mouth, you're like. You know, maybe there's a better way to do it. Right. And I'm sure he'll figure it out. You know what right. I'm saying? But, right. like, you oh, know, it's really interesting. Bits and pieces. It's just yeah. like, eh. It's, uh, this kind of goes to, I mean, a lot of questions about sales. You know, like, he's, clear, he's trying to sell, his, like, his product, which is his comedy show. Yes. And it's, is the best way to be straight up about what you want? Or do you, like, like, clearly his hook is off. Yeah, like his at hook, least for me, for you, uh, for and me. for me, it would probably like, dude, like, what are you? What yeah, are you? yeah, like I respect that he's going out, exactly, and, like, correct, pitching something. And um, I was on a run the other day, and it was Saturday morning, and I saw this guy who's going door to door. It was early in the morning, and um, it was like, okay, maybe he shouldn't be knocking at people's doors at like six thirty a.m. Like, yeah. like you know, I would, I would hate, like you know, bang, 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 waking up. And like, so I think that was off that would kind of be like the hook, right? Like how you're approaching, what time you're approaching. But I was like, yo, I respect that this guy's getting out and getting at it. Um, but I mean, yeah, this comedy dude, that's funny. He's just inviting you to his backyard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've met yeah. like, uh, other people who are just phenomenal mm. at like building relationships. And then like right. you get people to want to go to the show. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had, I've had situations like that with people who like, 
literally will talk and have a genuine conversation with you, learn about, right. and then like you find out later that they have a comedy show. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I yeah. want to go to that now. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You didn't even mention that. Hundred percent. That's where it's you want, like it's the quantity versus quality thing, right? Like he'd probably hit maybe a hundred people invites right like that night you were one of them and yeah right maybe he hit one or two or got one or two to come to his show whereas like if he spent time with a lot less people but you know spent more time with them um like with the people that he was talking to yeah i mean he probably would have gotten a much higher percentage yeah and who are we to say we're not him yeah 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 (laughs) maybe i'll do that tonight just (laughs) just for kicks hey i got this comedy club yeah and see uh, see what i can do ghost everybody like when they show up it's like no give them all an address and like (laughs) don't pull out it'll be some taco bell right yeah do you ever think about like uh things in terms of studies like what do you mean so, like, uh, something that's just been really intriguing is, like, we see all these studies ran about, like, this is the best way statistically to do that. Mm. And then you just think, or let me, let me take that back. Let yeah. me take a step back. Anytime I think about a study, the first thing that I think about is, am I the type of person to ever want to be in a study? Mm. You know? like Interesting. Because I think largely you need to be able to examine, like, well, who is willing to be in a study? Like, what are you mm. giving them to... Like get derive results right. from them, right. and who who is not willing to be in that subset of people that would contribute to like more realistic results? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like uh, behavior, or as far as like uh, what's that one where they did? Have you seen the video where they take the witnesses? Uh, so somebody commits a crime, mm. a quote unquote crime, and they make people like explain back. Uh, essentially what happened or who was the guy they asked them these questions mm-hmm. and there are it's always the people who speak the loudest like oh I know it was him who are just dead wrong mm. you know what I'm saying interesting yeah, but yeah. I, like, I think the, the person who would be most correct wouldn't even want to spend his time in like being in that study because he's like dude I have better things to do right you know right so it's interesting not like I think studies are they're a good way to understand how the masses work you know, because it, it's like your average, I don't know, your average person is very, I'll just say like malleable, mm. you know, like you can put them in whatever study and like, that's why like in some ways it gives a lot of, it discredits the study, but it also gives it a lot of credit because what's happening is like whatever the result of the study, like whatever the person running the study wants the result to be, they're probably going to get it. Yes. And so like, you're probably not going to get the most accurate study, but at the same time, it's a lesson to everyone else where it's like, whatever result you're trying to go for with whatever person, like if you package it the right way, like you're going to get it, Yeah. you know? And, um, (laughs) and so like, it's like psychology is a dangerous game. Yeah. Um, like, I, I know, like, yeah, a lot of behavioral stuff. It's like, I, I think it can always be boiled down to a couple of things, which is how many people, right? Like, how many people around you? Like, I don't know if you've seen the uh, thing where it's, if you have two people, if you have one person in an elevator whose, like, back is turned to the entrance, like, another person walks in and they'll probably just be like, okay, why the hell is this person's back to the entrance? Like, that's weird. If you have two people and their back is to the entrance, then the person that enters, they'll turn their back to the entrance. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's one of those things where it's, okay, like, people, I think that's one of the biggest, most important kind of psychological study-type principles, which is, 
you're going to do what other people are doing. Yeah, the herd. Um, herd yeah, very, I think, and that's where I think it is. It's just like if you're constructing some type of study and, and you can like see this in life like all around you. It's why marketing campaigns work or don't work. Um, but it's if you're able to construct it so that a majority are inclined to do one thing, then you just need like a few people that are doing that and then everyone else that you're including, they're going to start doing it. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to who do you spend time around? You know? yeah, right? um, but <laughs> no, it's interesting. It, it yeah. makes me think that, uh, so when, when they're doing these studies, like they're mm. always like very adamant on being ethical, mm. right? You, you want to make yeah. sure everybody knows that they're being observed X, Y, Z. It's like, right. if there wasn't the ethical aspect, think of how much like, how much more we know. Yeah, yeah. You know, or like genuinely know, because right. when people know they're being observed, they, they definitely act differently, mm-hmm. you know? Right. It's why it's why you can't record somebody without them knowing, right? And then use that, and then the court of law is that is that right? right? Am I right? Well, I mean, it's there's a lot of nuances to it. It's interesting. Yeah, I, sure I, I took, is. Yeah. I took, um, oh, I took a my senior year. I had a lot of credits that I needed to fill, but I'd already fulfilled all the requirements for my major, and um, so I just took classes that I wanted to take, and one of them was a documentary class. And it goes through that problem a lot of if you want to truly document reality, people shouldn't know that they're being filmed because the moment they're filmed, they're an actor. Yes. Um, And so like in a similar way, like once somebody's part of a study, right, they're part of the observed. Now they're also in a lot of ways part of the creator, like, they are a creator of the study mm. because they're so intrinsically part of it. Like you can't have the study without it, but at the same time, like what you're saying, like it's not going to be, there's not going to be as much integrity or like truth to it because of how like entrenched they are in the actual study. Um, so it is interesting. Like what, I don't know. That's, that's where it's, I, I think people need to, uh, need to get out of the studies a little bit. Like if you're in a conversation with someone or having an argument with someone, you always hear like, oh, like I'll paint the picture a little bit. My younger brother used to be big into like, not necessarily vegan stuff, but just like very like plants or everything, eat more plants, mm. eat less meat, that sort of thing. And I was always like, nah, like <laughs> eat more meat, bro. Um, and you punch him in the yep, arm. Yep, yep, yep. And so he'd punch me, his wrist would break, you know, like that, <laughs> that sort of thing. But we would argue all the time. And what I realized was like, we were just spitballing studies back and forth at each other, right? Like he'd have his, like, you know, he'd have his ammo of studies that he was getting from whatever vegan guy. And I was getting my ammo of studies from Paul Saladino. And it was like, <laughs> like, come on, man. Um, and like what you kind of realize is at the end of the day, like your own study that you are going to needs to kind of be your own life. Mm. Like that's the scientific method. It's observation. Yes. Right. And so like, why are we turning so often to the observation of other people who are getting paid to observe x y and z and it's for obtaining some specific result usually for some company that's trying to sell some product right et cetera, et cetera. it's like i don't know maybe like okay if we want to talk about how how much time in the sun is healthy right like if, if that was one thing that was being argued 
like get out in the sun and see how long it takes for you to stop liking being in the sun you know yeah and then once you know that then you'll like cool now you have an answer you don't need to be per uh, a phrase that i liked hearing Mm. was paralysis by analysis Mm. why why are you taking so much of what other people say just find out what works for you man yeah you know it, it i always say this um you know, there, there's the quote, facts don't care about your feelings. But if you if you think about life in whole, mm. everybody is doing something for some sort of feeling. Right. Whether it be for you or for somebody else. Right. So a guy who wakes up in the morning, hates his job, mm-hmm. has a wife and kids. He's doing that so they can be feel provided for. Right. You know, right. so a sense of ease. So at, at the end of everything is a feeling. So why don't you find out what works for you right. and gives you the most feeling of like reward. You know? That's good. That's really good. Yeah, dude. I, it's kind of funny. I was in a conversation with someone, uh, you know, I'm, so I'm a Christian. Um, I'm still Catholic and grateful for my faith. Love it. Uh, but I get so frustrated when Christians in particular, they, they'll always say like, they speak about life like putting off things that are enjoyable, like so that they can have something more enjoyable later, mm. right? So, like, and later you're referring to to heaven, to heaven. or like okay. whatever, or even like let's say you know like if um, like if you're Christian and wanting to stay a virgin or like whatever it is, it's like oh I'm I'm holding off on sex now so that way when I'm later I'll it'll it'll be better. It'll, like like it's just. I hate that mentality so much. I don't disagree with like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like if, if you're working out now, sure, it's going to be painful. You're going to be grateful that you did it later. Like Correct. I get, I get that mentality, but what I, where I think people need to kind of shift the perspective is, um, that when you actually deny aspects of yourself now, um, you're not doing it just for something that's later, but because you're wanting to actually accomplish something better right now. So like what I mean by that is it's kind of like cold plunging. I don't know if you cold plunge yes. or like do it's amazing. It, right? it is. It's it's so su- it, it sucks, <laughs> but it's amazing. And, and every time it sucks and too. every JP. time it sucks, but that's the amazing part about it. It's like what's happening in your, like, in your body is it's actually giving you like what, like a 250% increase in dopamine, dopamine post that that's, that's like a sustained release for hours. Yeah. Right? Testosterone so increases. Everything is like better. Right. Like, and so being in the cold plunge, it sucks, but it's actively making your body better and you are going to be experiencing better things like because of it. And in, in a way you don't notice it at the time, but even during it, right? Like when you get in, like the dopamine does spike. You know, you just don't notice it because it's all like, it's a shock. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I think like where, where I'm going with this is that like when you are trying to experience life and experience it to the full, it's not saying like, oh, get rid of the rationality and focus only on the feelings or get rid of the feelings and focus only on the rationality. Like focus on both and you'll realize very often that like that the sort of denial of self is actually the acceptance of who you're meant to be. If that does that make sense? So what what you're saying essentially is doing the things that that suck or like maybe putting off something to later as a reward, mm-hmm. it's not it's not denying yourself fully in the moment. Is that what you're kind of getting at? Right. Or right. I'm saying, it, yeah. So like, I, I think that the, 
is obviously like a deeper like philosophical thing so i'm trying to, i'm trying to speak in in plain terms if if we want to live our best life now and experience the best life that we can possibly experience right now it's it's not it doesn't mean doing things that are harmful to you right now okay right it's doing things that are difficult because humans are meant to do difficult things mm. and what's kind of cool about that is you're not doing the difficult things just so you can do something cooler or better later. Okay. But you're doing it because you are meant to do that now. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's, I mean, that's how, you, I mean, if you want to stand out from the crowd, like this is something, I don't know if you listen to Alex Hormozzi much, um, but he, he says something um, which is like, if, if you want to live a miserable life, do what every other person is doing. Mm. I think there's so much truth to that. And, um, and so if you want to live, if you want to live your life as a study of like, what's going to make you the happiest, what's going to like make you the best person right now, like nine times out of 10, it's doing the difficult thing It's right. because you're actively doing something and you'll realize like, you know, the people that are just kind of going with the flow of what the masses are doing, what everyone else is doing, they're not loving their lives. You know? I think, yeah, I think that's kind of what I was thinking of when, yeah. now that you explain a little bit, mm. it's not just doing your difficult things just because, oh, later I'm going to have this. It's right. You're, you're loving what you're doing now. I mean, don't get me wrong before I get in the ice, ice punch, <laughs> I hate my buddy who, who's doing it with me mm-hmm. and I, and I hate doing it, uh-huh. but like you love it after, Oh yeah. you know, it, oh, it's yeah. uh, essentially, and tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. it sounds like you're saying you got to love what you're doing right now because it's hard because you it's know? difficult. Yep. No, exactly. That's where, um, I don't know if you read the Stoics much. I, um, I, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's very much that where it's like, w- why did we ever accept this mentality of like hating what's difficult or what's hard? Mm. Why, like, where did that ever seep in? And I think part of it is because like, we've just adopted such a lifestyle of convenience and comfort and like look around now like you've got obesity rates skyrocketing right you've got depression skyrocketing like all of these things i think largely in part because of how convenient we've made everything and how comfortable we've made everything right and like instead like you know do I, this is something that i someone told me once and i've you know i i try to live it out but it's um like every single day like at the start of your day to like pick one difficult thing that you're going to do Um, and part of that is, I mean, like the mind is a muscle and we forget that we have to work out the mind sometimes. And the way in which you work out the mind is by doing things that are uncomfortable. Yes. Like you, by getting out of your comfort zone, like if it's approaching the, if it's, if it's holding up your phone at a bar and (laughs) risen up, whatever girl, like do that, right? Like make that the thing. If it's doing a, uh, if you hate doing your dishes as soon as you're done eating, like do that. Yeah. If you hate going on a run, do that. If you hate leg day, do that. Like whatever it is that you think that you hate that day, do that thing, you know? Um, and what's crazy is then you'll find yourself starting to actually like it. Yeah, and it's dude. like, it, it, there's no better feeling than that. Cause then like when you're, this is uh, my, my younger brother, he's a, he's a big runner and I, I don't like running. I ran a yeah. lot. I was like, those days are done. Like prefer to be in the gym, like lifting weights, like whatever it is. And, um, I was dropping him off at, uh, you know, there's this loop, a 10 mile loop around the Colorado river, like part of it or Ladybird Lake or whatever it is. And 
He's like, I can't wait till you're more in shape to like, then you'll actually be able to run this. I was like, screw you, bro. <laughs> like, you don't, like, don't tell me that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so my plan was to drop him off and then go to the gym, but it became, no, I'm going to drop him off and I'm going to park the car and I'm going to go do that. And, um, and so I decided to run the 10 miles and it had been like months since I had like run last. And the first few miles were super easy and then it got really hard. Yeah. And that was when it actually became fun. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on a podcast. And yeah, it sounds yeah. cool. But like that was when it actually became a challenge. And I was like, let's go. Like this right. is this is where what my brother said to me actually will matter as like proving to him and myself that I'm fit enough to do this. Exactly. And it just became one of those things where like in my mind. I was just like, I know I can do one more step. I can always do oh, one more dude. step. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, just one more. That, dude, one more. As soon as I was done, though, like, bro, like the rest of the day, my body was just out. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I could do. <laughs> but it was like doing that hard, difficult thing. Like, I was actually proud of myself. My confidence rose. Like, it was like, I can do that. What else can I do? Right. Like, what other limits are we putting on ourselves mm. that, like, we don't really think about because we're like, oh, that's like, that's too much or that's too high. And, um, like, I, I was talking with um, with my boss actually recently. We were on a business trip, and he was telling me the story of how Airbnb developed a world class product. Which what they did is they developed this eleven star rule. And so most companies they're always looking through the lens of okay, what makes a one star review? What makes a two star review? Three star, four star, five star review? They stop at five stars. Yeah. The founders of Airbnb they were like, why stop at five? Like, what would an 11 star experience look like? Mm. And so like, they start to, so, to so, broaden their yeah. objectives so, like, of what if, they're looking exactly. for. Exactly. So they, they were like, okay, well, you know, a, an eight, seven or eight star experience would be, you know, you like roll out the red carpet, people are cheering like you on as you enter the Airbnb, like that sort of thing. And then, you know, nine star experience would be someone like bought you a steak dinner like it's there it's ready like all of that stuff an 11 star experience would be like elon musk opens the door for you and is like hey i'm taking you to the moon all expenses paid trip like that sort of thing and they say it's it's impossible it's not practical it's not viable to ever hit 11 stars but you're always going to be stuck in this like you're going to be limiting yourself to five stars if you never think about the 11 star mm. and so work backwards from 11 star and so the uh you can apply that to business but also like we can apply that to life where like what does the 11 star jack look like like what does the 11 star jp look like okay you might not ever hit it but like instead of putting yourself in this limitation of okay i'm gonna you know i'm gonna work x amount of hours a day and then i'm gonna go to the gym and that's a five-star day for me yeah instead like maybe it's okay i'm gonna work the longest day out of anyone in the office and get the most done. I'm also going to get a great lift in. I'm also going to be working on this like side business that I'm trying to start. And then I'm also going to call every member of my family. Like, yeah, you know, great. it's like once you actually put like that goal there, you can actually start to try accomplishing it. And, yeah. Like, push past the limit. But yeah, man, I like the 11 star. And I think in, in, in also training the mind as muscle, I want to go back on like the yeah. physical aspect because you know, I, every day after work gym, rule mm -hmm. yep. you know um and and there's like other factors in life that are like going on and pushing that too like a, a big motivation for me right now is a week after moving here my dad got cancer mm. he told me hey hey man i'm like wow got leukemia wow. and like at first you're like it, it takes a day to like have it hit you but then it's like accept it good mm -hmm. he texts me every single day wow. he's working out 
king. He's, he's on chemo. It. He's oh, running. He's doing burpees. He texts me everything. You're I'm joking. No, seriously, man. Oh, and I'm like, bro, if he is 60-some years old on chemo with cancer and mm-hmm. he's working out, why, I don't have any excuse as a 20-year-old something yep. to not work out. Yep. No excuse. Mm-hmm. And, and then on top of that, like, so everybody, anybody who's worked out before thinks they have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. You need those external factors. Your brother telling you, oh, you can't run that. Right. Uh, because then it makes you, it, it's a pride thing. Yeah. And I think that's a thing where you need to embrace your pride. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, recently, just this past week, I did a spin class. How is dude, that? Dude, spin kills, bro. No, it does. <laughs> it kills. And it, it's perfect oh, because... Man. Not only is an instructor telling you a pace and getting you to a pace that you probably couldn't have done on your own, it's pride being there in that room, man. Mm-hmm. And you feel like stop spinning yep. and everybody else is yep. still spinning. You're like, it's like that one 50-year-old dude there that's killing everyone. Yes, and you're like, dude. dog. Like, it's come always on, the man. people you never expect. Yeah. No, it is. And then you mentioned boxing too. Yeah, man. Like, tell, tell, tell us how you got into boxing because I think yeah. that any form of martial arts where it's you and another man and you have a there's eminent risk of you getting hurt yep. is beyond good for you. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, yeah, so I, in high school specifically, I became very close with some other guys at the church I was going to who had been former, uh, like, spec ops military guys. And so I was close with a lot of their sons. And so we'd always get together and just, you know, throw hands. And it was all like, <laughs> I'm talking sometimes like just I'm talking together bare knuckles. Like, you know, we didn't have gloves. Like it was one of those things where we'd literally, we'd be out back. It's Ohio. Yeah. Like, like, like it's just the most Ohio, Ohio thing. Yeah. Like, like, you know, we're, we're eating burgers. And then someone's like, yo, like, let's fight. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You like, got to put go. your sandwich down. So, and- so I remember the first time. I was I was fighting someone and in my mind I'm like oh like this is cool like I I love you know I love anything athletic I love fighting like my older brother would always be able to beat me in every fight yeah like, he had the ladies and he had the strength oh, right like it was just a killer combo but that he, was actually he was your boogeyman yeah dude. bro well <laughs> well backtrack so when we moved from Erie Pennsylvania to Ohio um so I was what I had up on my brother was I was always faster than him. Okay, and then so I you did have a leg up. I had so a leg up. I'm glad to hear that. Then for you. I had um, something called like Osgood Schlatters or something like that. It's like where you're essentially overworking tendons in your leg, like in your knee. Okay, and it's kind of like pushing it out, and so it's like it's pretty painful. And I started experiencing that when we moved to Ohio, and suddenly my brother, like I was you know, usually top three, top four in, like, the different races, suddenly my brother was beating me. And, like, I'd be in, like, sixth place, he'd be in fifth place, or, like, whatever it was. And I was like, no. Like, this is the one thing that I had. And so what I started doing, I didn't want anyone to know this. I don't know why, but, like, I, I wanted to get stronger than my brother. Like, that was my goal. And so anytime I'd go to the bathroom, I'd get in the bathroom and just start doing push-ups. And this, this will relate to boxing eventually. Okay, okay. Um, like I would, you know, there'd be like a, be a bigger bathroom. Anytime I'd go, like I wouldn't leave the bathroom until I had done like 30 push-ups. All right. right. And so. I, I, it was a cue. It was you, a cue. You went like, somewhere, you did push-ups, it. Push-ups. Yeah, right? yeah, But it was always funny because I'd leave the bathroom just huffing and puffing. I would be like, <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? Um, and so. Anyway, like, eventually I got to the point where I was able to actually, like, beat my brother in wrestling. Like, oh, it's one of those things where, like, he was like, yo, like, let's wrestle, thinking he was going to beat me. I just, I took him out. And that was, like, 
actually like looking back like in terms of a good pride moment that was like one of the first times i felt that whereas like you know i busted my ass to like you know get stronger than this kid and i just beat him it's like what else can i do you know mm. um like this is awesome like go work and so anyway fast forward to boxing um it was one of those things where i you know i had i was athletic like i had endurance from running and like i could wrestle and um and so i was facing this kid and he immediately just socks me in the jaw. In in one of these bare knuckle. In one things. of these like just bare knuckle yeah. like, and I was like, oh, like we're hitting each other's faces. Like I like I was like that. that <laughs> I didn't never even. I was like, oh my gosh, this kid like rocked me. Like just I had no chance. He was all over me, um, and it was the best experience of my life because of that. Like it was just it was one of those things where it's like. I was losing, like, every second. I maybe got in, like, two hits, but he was just, like, it was an onslaught of arms. And, like, like he had probably, like, looking back, had no form, had no whatever, but, yeah, like, he just yeah. had, he had the aggression. And um, and so what was cool, though, was, like, some of those guys who, they were in the military, they would actually, like, teach us, like, okay, like, this is how you throw a punch, this is how you slip, this is how, like, you block, like, um, and so in high school we do a decent amount of that. College came around. Um, would do it with a buddy uh, pretty often. And then I switched to my senior, when I hit my senior year, there was a Croft Maga class. I'd always heard that that was dope because like, that's it's, what the, the Israelis do for their like, fighting. It sounds cool to say, man. Just say Krav Maga <laughs> and it's like, you immediately have like two times better fighting skills. Yeah, it looks else. cool when you yeah, read it. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. But it's, the cool thing about Krav Maga is, and this will get you fired up, they don't even call it self-defense. It's not considered self-defense because there's nothing about it that's meant to be defending yourself. It's about eliminating your enemy. Like, okay. <laughs> so they like it's not allowed to be considered like in that ah. kind of like same zone as like karate or Muay Thai or like any of that. So, um, yeah. So the, the guy who taught that he was a former Green Beret, um, and it was a ton of fun because like with Krav, every block that you're doing is also a strike. Like hmm. you block a punch by throwing a punch, and oh, like yeah. you, it like if somebody is choking you, like that was like something that we would do is, you know, we'd flip off all the lights, and uh, you're in a dark room, and the coach would say go, and you would have like ten, nine or ten people that would be putting you in chokes, that would be hitting you, that would be like trying to tackle you, Dang. all that stuff. You would have to take them all out in order to like get past this class. And so it was fun, man. Like you're just like, you're just getting wrecked left and right. So, um, it's kind of cool. So now one of my work buddies, uh, he's got a membership at a, at a boxing gym and he was like, Hey, like, let's, let's go spar. So it has been a while since I've sparred. This is this morning. We, you know, when you're out in like a park or something, like I've done that before, like you're with friends and it's like, all right, let's fight. Um, but it was it was fun so we we did a few rounds two minutes um and you're just exhausted oh, by dude, the they end of get it. you man it's insane it, like, it's between rounds where you're really you know, just like that's bro. when you realize it because in the round it's like the adrenaline that's keeping you going but we the thing is we had kept it fairly light and we were like pretty exhausted and it was like imagine if we were like actually going all out like <laughs> yeah we'd be dead we like, no, like there, there'd be no energy left right now but it's funny like i'm feeling it got socked a couple times like in the jaw and the nose like um 
Yeah, it's fun. So you box, right? Yes. You, okay. Yeah, man. So um, after, like we were talking about earlier, after my football career, um, I knew that I wanted to do something like, you know, stay in shape and try mm. something new. And, and boxing just seemed right up the alley. Yeah. So uh, after me and my dad on Christmas break went down to Florida, and then I, I found a gym down there, worked out for a week or two, and I'm like, cool. all right, I think it's time to, you know, go up in Illinois in college mm. and find a gym around there. And I found one, like, just right down the street. It's, oh, like, beautiful. That's awesome. And so we, uh, we find that. And, you know, at first I'm like, hey, you know, I've done this a little bit. Because uh, my sophomore year on breaks, I would, I'd work with the gym back home mm. uh, in Ohio. A great facility, Lashley Training Center. If you're ever down there, check it out. Shout out Ian <laughs> if you're listening, man. Um, but then I go to this gym, and it's primarily Hispanic gym. I mean, it's me and there, there's one other white kid and Classic. dude, they took me in, they taught me the stuff, man. And mm. just everybody's so, so willing to help. I yeah. mean, you're, you're getting your face beat in mm-hmm. every, everybody's better than me. Yep. Um, but, but when you get tired and you look around and you see the 11 year old kid keep going, mm-hmm. you know, who shows up to this and he wants to get better. It, it lights something inside of you. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm the college football player. And, you know, maybe this kid wants to go to college someday. I need to be right. an example and I need to be able to learn, adapt mm-hmm. and not be scared. So. Right. And that's the thing, too, is, I mean, we have it so easy. Like we've got struggles, but like I don't have leukemia, you know. Yeah. Like, like it's people you, very often like you, you go to these gyms, especially boxing gyms. Something cool about them is very often it brings a crowd of people that are struggling with stuff like Mm. it depends on like where you are like you know what type of gym but like that's been my experience is like if you actually get down and like talk with people that are there about their lives like very often they're going through shit yeah i mean everybody's got something that's not a ridiculous assumption right and they like the you know you talk about the stuff that they're going through and um and then you understand okay now i get why he's coming here every week and why he could whoop my ass if he wanted to right <laughs> yeah, like yeah like there's a I, there's a direct correlation with how uh how easy life is and how poorly you can fight you know like <laughs> like that's just one of those things you just you get comfortable you and um is i don't know like for for your dad was he a like a big runner or something or was he did he work out a lot prior to the diagnosis yeah or? he was just a big health guy okay all the way around yeah. this guy would always work out and that's everything, awesome so so he had the habit right yeah and yeah he did have the habit for him like n- once you have the habit it's like cool it like, becomes you yeah it doesn't break yep. you it doesn't matter yep. you know what's penetrating your life what's right. trying to get in the mental space it's, right it's right. automatic man and i like i'd be willing to bet his like intensity has only skyrocketed like dude i yeah. i would love to see it i yeah. gotta get him to send me a yeah, video no honestly that's like like so that's that's where you know for boxing in particular, it's just it's such a um, it's such a masculine sport, you know. Like, sure, you've got girls that go out. There are girls that can knock oh, me out. Dude, like, hell yeah! Watching that is I insane. see some of the girls in there. I'm like, I would get my yep, butt kicked. Yep, I'm staying away. Like, no, thank <laughs> right? you. But like, it's there's something I think for guys to be in a combat sport and put yourself with the mentality of that. Yeah. And what I love about it is there are. Sp- other sports so like basketball for example there's a reason why at like post-game conferences people are always pointing the finger and the reason why is because they're able to right they're able to say there was this call like you know 
in the fourth quarter or second half or yeah. whatever it was that like screwed me up and like J.R. Smith didn't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But the like score? the thing about like combat sports is like, nope, you got hit. You know, like sure, like sometimes yeah. like at the end people might call it for whatever guy, but like at the end of the day, it's like you can look at like how you did and be like, nope, I got hit there. I got hit there, I got hit there, and I only hit this guy X amount of times. Mm. And I think that that's important when you have something that's very clear, where, like, I clearly lost or I clearly won. Right. And uh, when you lose, all that it means is, like, you have an opportunity to learn, right? Yeah. And then, like, if you win, it's like, cool, this is why I won, and, like, who's the next guy? Like, who's the next one? Yeah. Like, that's why, I don't know if, um, it's funny, I recently watched the, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, the Jake Paul documentary. Oh, hell yeah, I watched that. Dude, it was dope. Like, <laughs> everyone, everyone hated on Jake, and, like, everyone still hates on him. But it's, like, you know, he very clearly, like, he put in the work. And for yeah. him, it was, like, he did. He went, like, you know, he started with a somewhat smaller guy, and he worked his way up and worked his way up. Dude, and, he like, looks good, too. He looks good. Like, I, he beat me, <laughs> he bro. <looks laughs> damn good, but, man. Yeah, so, like, I, and, I mean, like, part of that was, you know, he had enough people that were telling him that he can't. Right. And I think like as a guy, sure, you can have people saying that you need to put yourself in positions or in competitions where it's a very clear. No, I did. Like, right. I did this um, because if if you I mean, this is a thing, too, is like we're talking a little bit about this. Like I have a brother who has a podcast and so many people are like, oh, like, yeah, why are you doing that? Like that makes no sense. Stop doing it. It's weird. It's cringe. It's like, no one's right. going to listen to you, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. And it's like, he, like in his mind, he's like, okay, cool. Like it, this is what's interesting is when I talked to him today, he's like, in a lot of ways I did it. I did. Even though I told them I'm not doing the podcast for you, I'm doing it for this audience. He's like, no, I did it for them. Like I did it so that they would see how I would grow. And like, mm. now they look at it and they're like, it's X many podcasts later. And it's like, eat it, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like now some this point, is what I'm doing. Yeah. It, at some point. Dude. So uh, a big thing is like, everybody has that one person that, you know, just maybe they don't like socially mm-hmm. or whatever, but people will give credit where credit is due, yep. even if they don't particularly like a person. I'm not right, saying people right. don't like your brother. Right. I'm just saying when people start to realize they start to attribute credit, you right. know, or at right. least a baseline of respect, and like yeah, kudos exactly. to you. Respect and confidence, like, that that has to come from results. Yes. Know? And that's where it's, like, I mean, we were talking earlier about the people that, like, clearly don't have their life, like, together, but, like, they act like they do, <laughs> right? Um, like, it's those people that have such a false sense of confidence and it's impossible to respect them because they haven't shown me any results, mm. right? But, like, the people that have – and this is – I mean – my honestly my favorite thing about work is being around people that are way more successful than myself because it's like i can respect them because of the results that they've shown right um and so it's like you know you see it and you're like okay i respect that now i want to earn their respect the only way i can earn their respect isn't by being like having a charismatic personality it isn't by sweet talking. yeah yeah that only works to a certain yeah that only works to a certain extent for a certain person exactly it's like the only way for me to earn these guys respect is by coming with coming up with the results. And, um, and so like you find, that's why I love like, yeah, like your combat sports. That's why I, like sports in general, right? Like it's your, the results is like, did you put points on the board? Did you win? Yeah. Right. Like if, win. You, if you didn't, it's like, okay, cool. Like come again. Like, 
like I'll respect my respect for you would be you trying again. Yeah. Right. Um, it's showing those results or if it's building a business or whatever it is, it's like the first result is starting one. Cool. I respect you for that. The second result is actually like growing it. If it's growing, cool. I respect you. But there's like, I, I think, um, yeah, so many, so many people try to feign confidence thinking that it's going to get people to respect them. And it's like, nah, like, no, it's, it's no, action it's, based. it does the opposite. Right? Yeah. You have to actually do it. Dude. I remember, uh, so when I started this thing we were talking about earlier is it was, uh, I was like, you know what, man, if I can go up and talk to people and I really don't think that I care what other people think about me, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this thing in the middle of the rec center. Oh, that's awesome. So, Did yeah. you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so uh, a bunch of my earlier videos, and sometimes I didn't even have guests. I would go mm-hmm. up to random people in the rec center. I'd be like, you want to do an interview? And just like in front of everybody. Cause, that's like, dope. Because here's the thing. It, it would be arrogant for me to neglect that there were points in time where I was just very nervous mm-hmm. doing that. Oh, of course. E- even being like a guy, you know, I'll talk to anybody. Hell yeah, I was nervous, man. Right. Hell yeah, somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, what if somebody thinks like, oh, look at this weirdo again. Yep. But then it's like, dude, if you're doing it, it's action-based. Yep. If you do it, 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 if you're doing something, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you think. You're getting it done. You're finding right. a way or making right. a way. Right. Yeah. Dude, so. I love that. I, I bet those are so cool. I want to I wanna watch those. Yeah, they, they, were, they were probably a little less best produced than what right. we got now. Right. But. That's how it goes. Well, <laughs> it's interesting. Like, that's another thing where it's like, why, why we accepted the mentality of like, oh, you're nervous to do something, therefore don't do it. It's mm. like, why, like, why do we accept that? And like, instead it's, okay, I am nervous. Cool. Now, like, I'm going to do it. Like, how can we retrain our brain to like take that nervousness and then actually see that as a good thing? Yes. And then like act in a lot of ways because you're nervous about get it. Get the healthy cortisol. Yeah. And then it gets yep. a little easier. Yeah. It's it a little no. easier. I mean, cause like, yeah, like you think about, I mean, if you see it, like you, you know, that's you're in a relationship, right? Like I bet asking her out on a, that first date, like you're kind of freaking out a little oh, bit, yeah. but like, you're probably very happy Dude, that you did. One of my biggest regrets in life, was um so it was in high school when i mm. and we we had been in youth group together okay and nice christian she, riz yeah yeah let's go and dude my biggest regret of all time the way i got her number bro it was after a football game and i did very well my sophomore oh year had a really let's good go. game i said f it i'm gonna message her on facebook and ask for her number on facebook yes dude my brother in christ come on dude, i know it's still, <laughs> oh, that's so it bad is still my biggest regret uh, to like ever but like we had talked before and stuff yep. but it was like why don't i just ask her at mm-hmm. school man you know mm-hmm. and ah yeah but that, hey, that but it worked it did work results it's, it's we're talking about results yeah, you're right scoreboard you're right. bro yeah scoreboard that's awesome so you got her number from facebook messenger yeah, even though we had talked from time to time. Wow. It sounded like she was into me, so right. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out. I'm trying to think. Like, weirdest weirdest pool for me. Um, if the I, bar one's not up there, then... Uh, oh, that one, that one was just fun. A weird <laughs> one was... Um, so, Hillsdale College, Christian School, right? You can assume a couple things about the people going there. Yes, right? I can. One of them is that they probably grew up watching VeggieTales. <laughs> And I kid you not, there was this one girl who I literally like started singing silly songs with Larry. No, like in over order DM to just or get like her. Just no, over. like like we were like hanging out, and I forget she like, um, 
she was asking me some question, but like it was kind of like offhand, like didn't really care. Like I'm trying to think what question it was, and that I just oh she asked me like if I had seen any like good movies recently or something like that, and I was like no, but like there's this TV show I'm watching. <laughs> you set her up. She's like all right, tell me more. Like she did not care about me, bro. Like there was like yeah. nothing there, and and she was like oh like what? I was like. You heard of Veggie Tales, and <laughs> and she she was hooked. That was that was the yeah. hook, and I uh, yeah. started singing silly songs with Larry, and um, got her number. I don't think I ever texted her, but um, oh king, but it was oh it was gosh, great, it was great. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's fun. So not Facebook Messenger, but I don't know if Veggie Tales would be worse. No, the, the but... Veggie Tales one's definitely better, dude. You mentioned <laughs> your brother a couple times. My brother yeah. is phenomenal with just okay. like. Yeah. Just risen, just because he doesn't care, man. Yep, that's it. As soon that's as you it. start caring, that's when you lose. It's over. Yep. You know, you hear Facts. so many stories about your buddies going to talk to a girl. As soon as you care, mm-hmm. it's right. over. Because right. when you don't care, you're doing something else, bro. It's right. like right. The, the focus is so different. It's so they can sense the focus. Yep. I yep. hate saying they. Like, but like, <laughs> oh, it's real. Girl, it's real. Girls can sense your focus, yep. man. Yep. No, I mean that was is funny. My younger brother. So he, you know, he was homeschooled through high school as well. He just graduated high school and he's, he's not, he's not doing college. He's focusing on podcast. Um, but he, I was gone on a business trip and he sends me a text. He's like, bro, I fumbled the bag so bad. I was <laughs> like, what is it? What does this mean? This can mean a whole range of yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was like, there's this really cute girl at church, man. And he's like, I, I didn't go up to her. I didn't <sighs> talk to her. And I was like, dog, like, why not? Why not? And he was like, he's like, I just didn't have the confidence. And I, I said to him, I was like, it's, it's because you're caring too much. Like, yeah. Right. And I like, instead like, okay, cool. Like it's this cute girl. Like just go talk to her. Like at the end of the day, the worst thing that can happen is you, you're still never going to talk to her again. Exactly. Like, Nobody's taking no away your one, birthday. No one cares. No one cares. Like at, at the very least, like, unless you're very obviously a creep, which my brother might be, but like, <laughs> uh, you know, they're probably just going to like be grateful that someone like came up to them and was wanting to talk to them. And like, the thing is girl, girls know, like, yeah, they know right. that like, they might, but, but, you know, girls like attention. And there's nothing they, wrong yeah, with that. They might like, not say it, but, like, right. to a degree, you know? Yeah. They love their attention. And so it's like, you know, be the guy that gives them their attention. And this is one of the things, actually, where, um, not to make a lighter topic more serious, but, like, dudes just need to get out more, bro. Right. Like, this is, one of, this is why I think, like, uh, for guys in particular, it's one of the worst things about pornography mm. is it keeps people just so trapped and, like themselves like it's a very isolating thing and so like you know for for a guy that's stuck in pornography it's like you know he's not going to have the confidence and he's not gonna have the experience on actually going up and talking to a girl like someone who'd actually make his life a million times better possibly the instant gratification and then yeah just a place of complacency no exactly and so it's like it's I, I mean, I tell guys, there so many times guys would be, um, so I was, I was a, an RA for a couple of years in, oh, yeah. in college and, and guys would be like, should I like, you know, I don't know if like we see things the same way. And it's like, I don't care. Like it's a date, you know, ask her out on the stinking yeah. date. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, get out, get out of yourself, get out of your dorm room, like get out of your porn. <laughs> like, oh, like gosh. just, just <laughs> get out and actually talk to another human being. And like, I promise you it will be the best thing that will ever happen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, that's where we're at today, unfortunately, is, like, so many dudes, they, there's, like, this whole, um, like, red pill, sigma male mindset 
thing that's out there. And it's like, I think it does a lot of good for guys. I think one of the bad things that it does for guys though, is it, it keeps, it can keep them very isolated mm. because they're looking out on the world and just judging it like crazy. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, you know, all I need to be doing is getting up early and working out and starting a business and blah, which most of those guys watching this shit, like they're not even doing that. But like, <laughs> like, that's they, so true. but like yeah, they yeah. love watching it. They love talking about it, but they're not doing it. And like, you know, maybe actually get out and be around other human beings and like get to know where they're coming from in life and get like, that's what makes the whole human experience a beautiful thing. Right. Yeah. It's, other, it's, it's sharing with it's other sharing. people. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So, um, and that's where I think like, you know, it's not just, I mean, not just saying like pornography, but also just like the social media addictions and like all that. Yes. It's like, get out, like get out of your phone, man. Like, Get when when you are on your phone in front of other people in particular, like I think all it does is signal to that person that you want to be elsewhere. Mm. You know, like it, that's not the case all the time. But like if someone's scrolling on social media and like you're with that person, it's just it's disrespectful to the other person. And I think like we've habituated ourselves like as a society to normalize hating where we are right now. You know, and so like where everyone prefers to be is this like you know. There's, there's no difference. Ultimately, we're, we're isolating ourselves if it's just me and this thing. Well, right? that's, that's the number one rule of just any, you can never isolate yourself in right. a world that's meant to be connected. You might think that that phone's making you connected, right. but. And it can be a tool to let, like, oh, I, certainly. I get there, that. But, yeah, you can't neglect that aspect, right. but it, yeah, you can't, you got to get out there. I mean, right. dude, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So like moving down here, mm. going out with people and like having yeah. a good time kind of not my forte mm. i mean really like it mm. like my hometown boys easy yeah i'm hanging out with them anywhere yeah. anytime any place yeah. down here it's kind of like shell-shocked you know yeah. what i mean like yeah uh not not big into drinking that much but it's mm -hmm. just like you know there's some things that you have to learn to get into right you know and and find the right people to do it with right i think that's a that's a huge thing yeah it's interesting man i mean I, there have been a couple, when I first moved here, you know, zero friends, zero friends before I moved here. No. Um, <laughs> but like, Your I remember starting fresh. I remember going like out, like I was in, I was in my apartment. It was a weekend night, long week at work. And I was like, you know, I would go like if, if I had my Hillsdale boys with me, like yeah, I'd be going out. It's like, okay, why, why don't I like, why not? And I, I, because the thing is, I think like we talked about the importance of being around other dudes, like the competitive aspect, like it just forces you to be better um, if you're with the right crowd. But I think a lot of times there are going to be seasons, seasons in life when you don't have that. And mm. you have to sometimes live your life as if you did. And I'm not saying like taking yourself out of the season of life that you're in or like, but I'm just saying like, if something genuinely makes you a better person, right? Like if that's being around the guys who would support you and like doing good things, like, you know, if it, it, like, for example, there'd be times in college when I did not want to work out, but it would be, I had a buddy who, uh, you know, he was relentless with working out. And so I'd see him getting ready to go. I was like, all right, like I'm going to go. Right. I don't have that now, but I still need to live like I do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like, I think, for me, it was like, okay, I'd be going out right now. I'd be like getting out, getting to meet new people, like, et cetera. If like I had those guys with me, like, okay, I don't have them with me. It's a good thing for me. So I'm, I'm going to start doing that. And, um, and it was actually really fun, man. Like <laughs> you get out, you, you, you're, it's uncomfortable, right? It like is, you're man. like that dude, like, um, 
I mean, when we showed up at the bar the other night, dude, I was uncomfortable as hell. Just like, yeah. you know, the, I'm, obviously it's something you never say, right. you know, but it's reality. Right. It's a reality. But like, you know, I respected the hell out of you. Just like, I forget exactly how we met, but like, dude, I do too. If I'm like, it, just, <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. And, um, but like, I remember like you saying that you had moved recently and um, like, you're looking for good people to hang out with or like whatever it was like. I respect this guy. Like this guy's fun. Also, you can dance. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate this that. guy can dance, <laughs> and that was that was awesome. Um, so yeah, but it was just like uh, it's super uncomfortable to put yourself in a place where no one knows you, and you have no one to like go to um, as like a safety net. And so like you know, you go up to different people and. It's like, how do I insert myself into this conversation that they're having? When yeah, they you're kind of the outside guy on guy. the way in. Yeah, because like, I've, I've seen, the thing is, like, I've seen enough guys flop at it and seen enough guys do well at it. And what I've realized is very often it's, it comes down to how that person carries themselves. If they're lurking, like, if they're just lurking by a conversation, then try kind of stepping in. It's like, no, it's game over. Like, yeah. you're weird and no one wants you around. But if it's, like, you're super direct, like, you just walk up to someone and be like, yo, I'm new here. Like, what's going on? Like, I'm JP. Like, just dap them up. Like, what are your names? Like, be the one asking the questions. Yeah. Like, it, it is, like, that's the way to do it. I, I remember uh, there's this guy who is, I forget who it was, but he was saying you win conversations by being the one that asks the most questions. Mm. And I think that's true, right? Like if, if you're the one who like you step into like that circle of other guys at whatever bar and you're the one that's like, yo, where are you from? Oh my gosh. Like, that's crazy. Like, where'd you go Ohio? to school? Like, like all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, if you're asking questions, people will suddenly feel like, Oh wow. Like, you know, this is a cool dude. He cares. Like he's not all about himself. He like he wants to know about us. Like it's just it's much more like people then just be much more accepting, right? You know, um, and you kind of you you learn that by just doing it. And, yeah, yeah. And, and another thing is if if you're asking somebody questions and they don't like answering your questions, it's like well then that person probably doesn't like themselves. You know, right. like, who doesn't right. like talking about it? Like right. I always try to err mm. on the side of like not to talk about yourself, but like sometimes some people get me going right. about me talking about myself right. and right. it does feel good, man, you know? <laughs> right. right. So it's like, yeah, man, go out no, there and do it's, it. It's interesting. So that night, that night in the bar. So did you, um, was that the first one that you were at? Oh dude, I think it was. Um, so I played pickleball okay, nice. that morning with nice. a group of people from my church. And then one of oh. the ladies said that Buford's is where like all the, all the good stuff happens, yeah, you know, for college football. <laughs> Most of the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> or, you know, the fun yep. social aspect. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I was like, you know what? We'll give it a try. I didn't even, I, I didn't even meet her there. I mm. just went, you know? Just went. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. Did, had you gone out before? Like, um, yeah, I think I did a weekend prior. Um, okay. dude, I, I, I just remember I didn't really want to park anywhere cause I was by myself yep. and it was like, you know, Austin's a safe city. Yep. I, I don't think me as a man, 200 pounds, you'll be fine. Five foot yeah. six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people I'm five foot six. That's ever hilarious. do that? Are you actually five foot six? No. no I was no. going to say, there's no way you're five. No. I was like, stand up. Anytime somebody oh. says they're six foot, like, awesome. and I'm goofing around, I'll yeah. be like, really, bro? I'm like five, <laughs> six. We're like the same height. <laughs> Are you sure? Oh, that's awesome. 
I bet they love that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Buford Buford's is a cool spot. Um, yeah. There's, so, Austin, you have East 6 and West 6. Yeah. So, I was all, like, when I was going to move here, I was like, okay, what's cool in Austin? And you just see East 6, East 6, East, East 6. And so, I went down East 6 a bunch of times, like, late at night. Oh, gosh, man. And, dude, it was an experience, bro. Because it's like, I mean, there's a reason why they call East 6 Dirty 6, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And, um... But it was still cool, man. Like, you know, you have more live music on East. Um, like, it's more historic, like all that. But when, when I went out West for the first time, I was like, okay, like, yeah. <laughs> this is better. This uh, is a lot better. A little better, better you know, yeah. a little more mature crowd, yeah. it feels like. Yeah. But, um, At least from what I've heard, I need to, maybe I don't need to go to East. <laughs> so East attract, from my experience, I could, some Austin person is probably going to correct me on this, but... My experience has been that it, it's much more um, touristy. Okay. So you're going to have more uh, tourists on East 6. The crowd also seems older. Oh, really? Um, like you're running into like 30s and 40-year-olds very often. Okay. Um, West 6 seems much classier um, and also younger. Um, right. so, you know, like in a lot of the bars or clubs or whatever, it's like, you actually have to be more like kind of dressed up. To yeah. Get I, them. I've, like, I've noticed that. Yeah. So things are also more expensive. Um, but yeah, West is cool. Um, there's rainy street. I have not been on rainy street at all. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, but I, that's the I'm other sure. one that like people would point to as like being a, a good, you know, bar, bar street. Um, but yeah, lots to explore in Austin. That's for sure. Have you have you gone on any of the uh the hikes or anything? Like Oh man. Okay, um, so there's the green belt. I don't know if you've been to the green belt. It's down by uh there's one of the entrances by uh Barton Springs. That's where I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm really wanting to explore like outside of Austin cuz I guess there are some cool state parks like within two hours of Austin. Yeah. I really want to really hike some of those. We should do a, a vlog sometime of one, man. That'd be dope. Yeah. That'd be really dope. Do yeah. a more mature vlog, you know. <laughs> My college vlogs were your hand. Oh, man. You, you vlogged in college? I, I did some. That's so, awesome. Yeah, anytime we did a uh, away trip for a football game, I'd normally mm. bring the camera along and vlog, and my coaches loved it. That's so sick. So they were always good, all good with that. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Did you get made fun of a lot for doing? No. Like, really? No. Okay. I mean, there were in college, in high school a little bit from like yeah. some of the upper upper classmen, yeah. but like the good corrective kind of stuff, mm. like you know maybe don't do that. Right. I think the the biggest thing in college, I can only name one off the top of my head, mm -hmm. and I used to have this like multicolored uh, helicopter hat that oh, I would just awesome. wear just to like you know for just to LOLs. be that guy. Yeah. yeah. And this upperclassman, I was a freshman, he was a senior, mm -hmm. he was a lunch table with a girl. And, you know, the typical guy thing where the guy is going to try to make fun of another guy in front of the girl. And I mm. could kind of sense that. Yep. He was like, why do you do that? Why do you do that? And I'm like, I do it for me, man. And I just said that. He tried uh, to make fun of me he again. He lost. He lost that conversation, yeah. bro. I said it again, and he goes, you know what, man? I respect you. And I was like, cool. That's, that's kind of how you got to handle that. Yeah. And, you know, he, he never didn't like me or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just like one of the yeah. – Dude, Every guy yeah. may have a situation where they've mm -hmm. done that little broed somebody sometime yeah. in front of a girl, yeah. but some people do need it. Some people yeah. no one thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, 
Yeah, what, what about you with like just like being outgoing and stuff? You ever have anything like runs? So people specifically like my freshman and sophomore year of college, a lot of people just thought like, yo, this kid's so fake. Really? You know? Oh, just yeah. because you were so just like, well, like for me, it was, you know, I <laughs> had been homeschooled for a very long time. Right. So like there's that I was very, um, still like obviously outgoing, but like I genuinely, I love getting to know other people. Mm. And so like, I also want to see the best out of everyone and like want to kind of uncover that a little bit. Cause the thing is everyone has something to offer and like, I've always believed that. And like, I always want to kind of understand like what that is from each person. And so like there would be, you know, you'd be talking to people and you know, I'd be asking them a lot of questions and, uh, the thing is, like, people would always, people always have things that they're going through, and, like, people would always share that, and, you know, I'd, I'd talk about it. Then, whenever they would ask me, like, oh, like, you know, what are, what are you going, like, what's what's going on in your life? Like, I'm generally a pretty positive guy. Like, it's kind of funny, a lot of, like, again, everyone goes through stuff, but, like, the way in which I live my life is, like, everything is an opportunity, you know, yeah. so like even the things that are kind of like struggles or whatever, it's like, okay, this is an opportunity for like this other thing. And so, um, that's just kind of how I've always seen life and people would always just think I was like being super fake for feeling that way. Yeah. So, and I yeah. get it. Like I, and I think like part of it is like, that's, I know that that's not a very common understanding of life. Um, and so like you experience it for the first time and you're just like, Ain't no way. Like, like, yeah. there's, like, this kid definitely has things going on in his life, and he's just not sharing them, but he's acting right. all He's positive. trying to be all multi- – he's yeah. compensating for, yeah, exactly. for something. Exactly. And, like, you know, looking back, it's like maybe I, – I can't really place, place it. I've definitely changed since my freshman year of college. But um, I think since my freshman year of college – I'd be interested to hear how, how you think you've changed since that time. But um, I'd say for me, like – going through it's interesting enough i think guys are living on a cloud up until they go through a breakup Mm. and then and then they go through that breakup and then they especially if it's a girl that they're like really into yeah they go through that and then suddenly like they just start taking everything in life more seriously and like they're much i think it just makes them more down to earth more realistic about things like and some some guys will you know will use their breakup as a time to just like mope and like just overcompensate on everything yeah you know but i i do think that for a good percentage of dudes it's a like it's just eye-opening and you're like all right like guess what i'm still alive like guess the, what the like jocko video plays yeah. good oh yeah Dude, yeah it's so good um <laughs> but yeah it's just it's a so i'd say like a way in which i've changed was like you know you go through experience an experience like that and then it's like okay, you know what's remained is, like, the dudes are the same, right? Like, I still got my boys. Um, Like, suddenly you have more of a, I guess, just an awareness of self. And you're Mm. like, what does it mean to, like, be me? And how can I make that me the best me that, like, could possibly exist? And so, like, you just take things more seriously and, like, you're more purposeful with your actions. Because I'd say, like, freshman and sophomore year, there was very little purpose in my actions. You know, I was just, like, floating, just kind of going through, like, whoever I'd meet, I'd meet. Whoever I'd get to know, I'd get to know. Like, whatever school was in front of me, like, that was – like, it was just kind of, like, very passive. 
Um, and now it's, it's, uh, you say passive, but I'd like to think it was active at the same time. Yeah, it was, you know? it was definitely active. I, when I say passive, I mean like, you know, freshman, sophomore year of college, it was, it was much more like what was happening around me. That would, I think the difference is there are people that are, I've heard this said before, you may have, but thermometers and thermostats. Yes. Right? Like, I was definitely a thermometer. What's that book from? I'm trying to think. Dude, I read that. It might be a Christian thing. Like, I I heard, I think the first time I heard it was in some, like, Christian talk. Okay. Um, So, I don't know where he was pulling it from, but. Yeah, you um, gotta be, that's, that's messing with me now. I got that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking. Yeah. yeah, but it's real. I mean, like, I think that was the difference. Was before it was okay. I'm a, th- I'm a thermometer. Um, you know, like what's happening around me. I'm gonna allow that to kind of determine, you know, my actions, uh, or my response. And now it's much more like I'm, I'm thinking more. Way- I think being a thermometer at times is healthy, but um, like choosing to be at least a thermostat with my own life, where it's. All right, like, you know, I want to grow in these ways. Cool, I'm going to go do that. Mm. Like, I'm going to choose, like, what are the steps that it takes to get there? Cool, I'm going to start stepping. Um, and instead of just kind of, like, you know, just going with the flow. But What do you uh, attribute your, your outlook of, okay, there's an opportunity and everything to? Where does that come from? Oh, man. Any paradigm shift down the road? Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think. Um, honestly, looking back, a big thing big thing in my life was um my dad got covid pretty bad Mm. um and he was a healthy dude um like he would go on runs all the time he'd work out um very athletic and he got covid and it was one of those things where like for my family it's always like okay yeah like covid's a thing right like we get it but um you know it's like everyone is getting COVID, you know, and like typically healthier people are fine. And so it's like when my dad got, it, it's like, whatever. But then there were times when, um, when my, like, I'd be talking to my mom on the phone and then she'd have to get off. Cause like my dad would just be like wheezing, like could not suck in air. Mm. And, um, and so what, where that put me though, is like, you know, I'm away in college, not too far from home, but still not at home. And like all that I'm hearing is just bad news after bad news after bad news. My dad ends up getting hospitalized and doctors expect like a week left for him. And so it was immediately like a, okay. Um, like I need to now like think about how can I help provide for my family? My family doesn't come from much. Um, like what steps need to be taken for my siblings, like, like all of these different things. Um, and praise God, like he ended up being okay. Like it was literally miraculous and he's a baller. Like he's still, he's running, like doctors are like, he's, he's probably never really going to be able to like run or like do much. And you know, he's running three to five miles like every other day. And it's just like, he's a baller. Um, (laughs) but he, you know, going through that where it was just like, I knew that I had to step up for my family at different moments during that time um, and step up for my mom. Like, you know, you kind of just had to like put yourself to the side and be like, what is needed here? Mm. And like, cool. Like how I feel like it matters. It's great. I can deal with that in a different way. But like right now, like 
other people need something. There was a and time so, sensitive action right, that needed to be right. taken. Right. So there was that. So that was a that played a huge role and then that set me up well for um <laughs> so this is kind of funny. Post breakup, right? All right. Post breakup. Give me give uh, me a year. Uh, uh so like so this was well it's funny. She broke up with me uh January of twenty twenty two. Okay. So a year ago. All right. Yeah. January of last, like last year, but almost two years ago. And then, um, and then I, we ended up getting back together pretty shortly after that. And then I broke up with her in <laughs> August of 2022. City boy. So, yeah. So anyway, after that though, like I was obviously wanting, like wanting to be more purposeful with my life. But at the same time, it was like, everything was just became a game to me. Like I just wanted to graduate. Right. Like it's the beginning of my senior year. I had like spent the summer thinking about getting engaged to this girl after I graduated, mm. like planning on law school, like going through all that stuff. And then like realized like a big reason why I was doing that was like, you know, to impress her family, impress my, ah, like, so, so yeah. just everything is suddenly open. And like, I, I handled it the wrong way. Cause the way in which I handled it, handled it was like, screw this. Like, I'm just going to mess around my last year. Like I, I'll figure it out. And, um, and it's funny, there's this, there's this one girl, super sweet girl. I wasn't really that into her, but she was very much into me and wanted to cook for me and all of the guys that I was oh, living gosh. with. And I was like, I'm not going to turn that down. Yeah, you can't <laughs> like, for your boy's sake. Like, for like, your boy's sake, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so uh, you know, she's over, she's cooking tacos. I had a bit too much wine. Oh, and, uh, dude. There's, there are different types of drunk, right? Like, there's... You know, you can get drunk off like whiskey or whatever it is. That's a kind of drunk right. beer. That's a kind of drunk Bourbon tequila. Like, yeah, that's a kind of tr- drunk. I, no, like, <laughs> stay away. Wine drunk is its own special animal. Like, for for me, that just brings out like a. I will, you know, anything crazy is suddenly like on the table, and crazy meaning like. If someone's like, yo, like jump off that roof, like that's, that's wine drunk JP. It's bad. (laughs) Now, wine drunk JP at this time was learning that one of his housemates had also done Irish dancing because I did Irish dancing for a little bit. Oh, like, and yeah, like a jig, a reel, like all that stuff. And so I, you know, freaking out about that. And of course we wanted to then do an Irish jig together, both of us having consumed large quantities of wine. And, um, I had left an open constitutional law book out, uh, on the ground and I ended up tripping on it while I was Irish dancing. And what happened, I didn't realize it that night cause I had enough alcohol in me. The next morning woke up with so much pain. What happened was it was a displaced fracture, um, like in my foot. And like some freak accident, I needed to get, I ended up needing to get surgery where they like, you know, they had to like re-break it or something and then put a metal plate and like seven screws Damn. on my foot. So I have a metal plate in my foot right now oh, nice. because of that. It's great. I'm bionic. Um, but to make matters worse, they also did the surgery a little bit wrong <laughs> where, where they screwed in, um, where they like, you know, screwed the, uh, I don't know the nails in or whatever like through, for the metal plate like through the bone they did it at the wrong spot so it's like too loose so it's like it's fine i'll be okay but like i can feel it and if there's like any pressure like on it i can feel it like wiggling it's a weird feeling huh now i was out like i could not step on that foot 
um, like I had to keep it elevated for about two weeks. And so I'm laying in bed for about two weeks, literally just like thinking about life, you know, like I get super existential and, um, and that was one of the best things that happened to me too. Cause I was like, okay, you know, I've just been messing around like the past, you know, however many weeks or like, it was like about a month and a half, two months. Um, and like, it hasn't done me any good and it hasn't done other people any good. Um, and like, I need to start actually taking my life more seriously and walk with, because like what my, for my dad, what that made me do was it like when he had COVID it made me take other people a lot more seriously. Right. Like it was like, how can I be there for other people? Like, what can I, how can I sacrifice myself to help other mm. people? What the breaking of my foot did was it made me do that. But for myself where I was like, yeah. I need to now like, you know, I need to start actually stepping purposefully. I need to actually create some type of plan for my life. Um, I need to be like choosing to go somewhere and actually like actively choosing to execute on like goals that I have. Um, because ultimately what just messing around did was like, it put me on my back for two weeks. Um, and that's the worst thing that can happen to a dude who likes to be active. You know, like you want to be in the game. Yeah. And, you feel um, like you're just falling behind yep, every single day. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, those two things, what those two things did was, I, I mean, like, you just start, it, it forced me to see just opportunities for myself, like, you know, breaking my foot, that became an opportunity. Like, what I realized was as bad as that was, that was an opportunity for me to take my life more seriously. For my dad, as bad as that was, it became an opportunity for me to take other people more seriously. Mm. Um, and what I've realized is, like, you look back and, you know, I'm not that old and, I haven't had nearly as many experiences as other people, but like the more difficult experiences that like I have had, it's like, they've always opened the door for some type of growth. Yeah. And it's like, why, why hate on that? Like, why be afraid of that? And like, when there are difficulties that come up now, it's like, you know, they're so minuscule. Like for me, it's, you know, I'll, I'll have a project that I'm assigned at, seven or eight PM while I'm like ready to leave work and it's like, all right, no, I'm just gonna get it done now. Right? Like because I can, it's difficult, but like cool, now it's another reason why I can get this guy to respect me. Like right. and so um yeah. So like it's so minuscule today, but I, I think like just seeing seeing the different challenges as as opportunities for growth. Um huge so little hinges swing big doors man that's, mm. that's the quote that i've always mm, that's fast it sounds like that that yeah. can uh, be parallel to what yeah. you're saying so for you when looking back on your freshman year where like where have you seen the most change oh dude that's a good question i think one is um like just trust mm. okay so like and what we talked about earlier a lot of people well, one, I think you always need to start with this. When people move into a freshman year out of college, mm. you have to give people grace. Right, Everybody's right. living on their own for the first time. Yep. A lot of people were sent to a Christian school because their parents hope that they just send them there and they get mm -hmm. it figured out. You know, a lot of <laughs> yep, people don't yep. know who they actually are. Right. So holding nice. a, so me saying anything isn't holding a grudge with anybody from a freshman mm -hmm. year in college. You know what yep. I'm saying? Yep. But you kind of learn of, of who to trust. Mm. You know, because at first, like, just being outgoing, you go up to people, tell them everything. Oh, I'm right. an open book. Right. Like, when you're young, you think you can do those things. Like, oh, we're at a Christian school. We're all in this together. Yeah. Like, that's great. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, people are going to be people. You yeah. know, there's going to yeah. be some 
people are going to change down the road. People right. might not show you the whole hand that they're right. playing. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at that mm-hmm. aspect either. You know, right. I'm not going to yep, speak same. down when, you know, there's skeletons in everybody's closet, man. Yep. But from a reflection standpoint, and, and really, I don't think that people understand how much growth that they have mm. as a freshman from a junior in college. Oh, yeah. Like Huge once, difference. Once you hit that junior mark, you kind of, either consciously or unconsciously, you start to observe Mm. how you have changed and your outlook on some different things. Some right. things don't excite you anymore. You know, you've, you may have seen vicariously or firsthand, like how certain situations plays out. Right. You know, as an upperclassman, you kind of look at the, the underclassmen, you're like, they're not going to be friends in two months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, like, so like we've been talking about earlier, just like, uh, I mean, really it comes down to experience. Mm. I'm kind of at a phase of thought in my life where it's like, people will be who they will be mm-hmm. as far as like what they take ownership from. It, yeah. it, like, I mean, yeah. really it's all on them. The, the, the cream will rise to the top as mm-hmm. what is it? Macho man who said that or something oh, like that. Gosh, I think so. That's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, it's true. I mean, people, I don't think people, um, I don't think people ever change, but people either grow or they regress. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's like, a good way to put it. And, it is interesting. You, you see that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the saddest things when like you see people who, you know, when you're a junior or senior and you're meeting a freshman or like sophomore or whatever, and it's like, you see the growth potential and then it's just, it doesn't shake out. Right. Right. It's so sad. Cause you're like, damn, like I, I know that this kid would have been on top of the world. And like something yeah. that we, something that we said at, at Hillsdale a lot was, uh, don't be the guy that's limping across the commencement stage. Mm. Like, because there are a lot of guys where that's a thing, you know, they enter Hillsdale and are like on top of the world, super excited, like so up for the challenge. And they just, you know, they make the wrong decisions. They run with the wrong crowd and they get to commencement and it's like, they barely made it. Like instead you want right. to be like, you know, top of the world, you've conquered it. Like we, um, the motto that Hillsdale has is strength rejoices in the challenge. And like, that's something that becomes ingrained in the ones that succeed and it becomes like resented by the ones that don't. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Like you can tell, you I, can tell. I like that quote. What was it? People are who are they are and they either grow or regress. Yeah. People don't change. Like yeah. they either grow or regress. Like, yeah. And I mean, I, cause it, like people, yeah, they just, they are who they are and you have to respect that too. Certainly. Right. Yeah. Like, like there's no point in like somebody that comes from an entirely different worldview or like the way in which they, you know, were raised or whatever it is. And yours is different. It's not to say one is better than the other, of but course. it's like, that's made them who they are. Like respect it. Um, and people can either grow from there or they regress. And like they, things that are like deep seated or rooted or whatever, like, it only takes a substantial amount of different experiences for that to change. And I don't really think it ever does, but right. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I had, I had the buddy from high school that I had literally one of the smartest kids mm. you'd ever talk to. And, and he'd be the first guy to tell you this super hillbilly. Hmm. We, we were talking with Love him it. senior year and we were like, Hey man, like, what do you, what do you want to do after? And he goes, I want to work construction and smoke cigarettes the rest of my life. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're Come like, on, you're smart, yeah. man. Yeah. Like it was kind of like a goodwill hunting thing. Mm. Well, this dude ends up, uh, not going that route. He goes into the Marines. Wow. He was in the Marines. Uh, yeah. he did some stuff there for a little bit and dude, the 
guy's happy as all can be. He's just mm. a hard worker, hard, honest man. Yeah. I still keep in contact with him That's here and awesome. there. I actually got to call him now that I mentioned yeah. this. Put him on the podcast. Yeah, bro. man. That's awesome. But, yeah. dude, I know we, this has been great so far. It hasn't even felt like almost two hours. <laughs> oh, I, shoot. I know, right? Let's go. Uh, actually, what's the Texas game real quick? Let's check that score. I know. Well, I saw that they were losing last, but that was two hours ago. So Texas score. Oh, no. Texas Longhorn score. <laughs> they lost. Nuh-uh. 34 to 30. Uh, oh, that's terrible. They got hooked, man. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, um, to, to close this off, yeah. what is one thing, a piece of advice that you would give to you know a college kid, maybe middle to late college years that's trying to get more connected so they can, they can have some success like you've had in, mm. in being connected with the world? Yeah, um, I'd say two things. One kind of abstract, the other very practical. I like that. Um, the abstract thing is w- ask yourself the question, what's the 11 star you, right? Like ask yourself, like, who do you want to be in, you know, five, six years? And what are the steps that it's going to take to get there? But like dream big, dream huge, because like don't, yeah, don't limit yourself. Um, the practical step is actually get on LinkedIn, like honest to God, get on LinkedIn, anyone that like, you know, and then, okay, so this is how you do it. This is the strategy. You get on LinkedIn, make sure that you have a profile that like looks decent. You don't need to worry about adding too much experience because you probably don't have much experience, but just add what you can start just connecting with as many people as possible. I think you get like 200 connection requests a week. Like use that, use it like every single one. doesn't matter who it is. Connect, 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 connect. Then use other people's connections and start connecting with those. Mm. And what's going to happen is people, you know, they'll see, oh, we have this many mutual connections. Cool. Like, they'll connect back. Then, and this is the most important part, is reach out to some of the people. Like, if there's something that you're interested in, reach out to that person and literally just be like, hey, I'm this person. Um, I'm super impressed by what you do. Like, I'd love to learn more about it. Like, do you have 10 minutes for a phone call? Um, you'd be surprised the amount of very highly successful people will actually take a call because they're impressed by your gut to just reach out. Um, and then from there, like, ne- don't be afraid to ask for a favor. Um, there's this one guy who I, so I work in investor relations and so I'm, I'm able to kind of be around very highly successful people and I love it cause I'm able to just ask them a million questions about <laughs> how they got to where they got. And I was asking this guy that question and, and he he was like, well, one second, we're, you know, it's cocktail hour. And he's like, um, can you do me a favor? And I was like, sure. Like, what, what do you, what do you want? He's like, um, he's like, get me a cab, like a Cabernet from the, from the bar. I was like, cool. Like I got you. So I went, got the wine for him, brought it to him, handed it to him. And I was like, so like, how, how do you get to where you are? And he was like, well, what did I just do? And I was like, well, you had me get you wine. He's like, well, I asked you for a favor. And, mm. and I was like, okay, like, what do you mean by that? He was like, well, notice how, you know, we had been talking for a little bit and I started to respect you. You started to respect me. You respected me enough to get me wine. And he was like, I promise you the same thing works in life where if you've actually developed even just a little bit of respect for someone and from someone like start asking them for favors, be very direct. Like just say like, mm. you know, like I have, a, I have a favor to ask. And they'll say, well, like, what is it? And then ask them what it is that you want. If you want them to make a connection for you, cool. If you want them to offer you a job, cool. Like, whatever it is, um, don't be afraid to ask that question. Um, and so 
like I, I've seen people become very successful with that strategy. Um, like your net, people say your network is your net worth. I think that that's very, very true. Like um, being able to have certain people that you know that you could hit up for advice that have gone through, you know, insanely like wild business stories, like or life stories or whatever it is. Like that's a gift. And um, yeah, like as silly as it sounds, like it kind of starts on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, man. So yeah, so use that. But yeah, there you go. Beautiful. Well, dude, I'm going to also read your intro just because this was, this was too good. Yes. Let's do it. Uh, Oh, also thank you for the time. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, this has been great. I think longest podcast to date. Dude, that just flowed so easily. That was awesome. 